welcome to Talking Point. I'm here today with Paul Lee. Now, for those who don't know Paul Lee, Paul Lee was the singer at the recent royal wedding with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, first of all, Kathy, I'd like to take exception um, with your introduction that for those of you who don't know Paul, everybody knows Paul Lee. Have you been <laughs> reading that? Well, well, everybody does know Paul Lee now. Every single, I think, you know. That's Paul, just so wrong. Uh, Paul has more friends than I think anybody in the world has. That's just shocking um, behaviour. And I've seen video after clip after mm. clip, some very satirical, um, about your performance. Paul, what was it like to perform in St. George's Chapel in Windsor at the Royal Wedding? Um, it was absolutely spectacular. It was a really beautiful feeling, a wonderful service, a brilliant sermon. A brilliant um, sermon it was. Music was fabulous and uh, it was just really nice to be a part of that. Um, uh, it was a special day for uh, Prince Harry and Meghan and uh, we wanted to make sure that um, they had the right support. But this isn't the first royal function that you've participated in, is no, it? No, it isn't. No, it isn't. So what have you done before? Um, we have sung at Buckingham Palace for uh, Princess Anne of Met, uh, Prince Charles, and we sang in Buckingham Palace, the, the grounds of Buckingham Palace for the Queen's Jubilee. So you, you're actually, you were very much, you know, you're kind of favoured by the royals, you could say. No. <laughs> no. But, it's just, just, it just happens. So, Paul, your musical journey must have started several years ago. Mm -hmm. um, to tell us when you started to, to love to sing. Well, um, I was born in Jamaica. Um, I came to this country in 1965. Um, at five years old. Mm -hmm. I had a, a natural aptitude for music. Mm -hmm. My grandmother sang in the church choir mm -hmm. and I would uh, uh, sit with her. Uh, my formative years, my first five years were spent with my grandmother and um, she sang in the church choir, so I sang in the church <laughs> choir. And um, so music was a natural thing to me. I had um, uh, an aptitude for it and something that I really loved and enjoyed from a very, very early age. So it kind of started way back then. And then you actually learned to play the piano as well, didn't you? Well, I came to this country and um, some years later, um, uh, maybe eight or, or nine years old, um, my older sister Valerie went to piano lessons and uh, she would come home and she'd be playing the piano. But somehow um, she wasn't quite getting it and I could hear Mm -hmm. what it was supposed to sound mm -hmm. like. So I'd jump on the piano and, and start playing around. And uh, so my mum saw this and decided, well, you know, you've got to go piano lessons. So um, that's where it all kind of kicked off from piano lessons. And from there, you were singing in church, you mm. were playing in church. Sure. And then you became professional. Now, I remember when you were, let's go back a little bit, when you were younger, mm. slightly younger, um, you used to do lots of solo items. You mm. were the kind of in Hampstead Church because mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. from Hampstead Seventh Day Adventist Church, which you still attend. 
and used to take a lot of part in the music, which is, which is great, which is great. Paul's <laughs> looking at me strangely for our audience out there. Um, so when did you become, you know, um, when did you kind of graduate from being a, a good amateur to being a professional? I don't think I can actually put a, a timeline on it. Um, it's just something I, I kind of naturally fell into. I think probably um, the earliest point was singing with Paradise. Oh, yes, um, yes. Paul and, Johnson. Uh, Paul Johnson awesome. and uh, uh, Doug Williams mm-hmm. and uh, the the um, the Edwards brothers. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a great time. It was an interesting time for me. Um, a slightly tumultuous time because... Uh, I had this passion within me to to sing and to perform um, at a professional level, and um, Paradise provided that. Um, but there was um, some turmoil as to whether or not I should be um, performing with them. At that time, the, the church was a little harder than it is now, <laughs> and uh, and it was not seen as the the right thing to, um, as they say. Uh, fraternize with the unequally yoked. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though those guys were Christians themselves. Yes, absolutely, yes. absolutely. Even though they were committed Christians, mm-hmm. uh, certainly at that time, um, the church was not happy at the idea that um, that we were singing with or performing with um, artists that were not Seventh-day Adventists. So how did you reconcile that in your own mind? I just thought I was going to do it. So you were just a rebel? I was just a rebel. Okay. Um, well, I didn't see it as re- rebellion. I, I saw it as um, a beautiful part of ministry um, that certainly was untapped in the Seventh-day Adventist church, mm-hmm. um, but something that I wanted to do. I, I enjoyed uh, the contemporary nature of the music. Mm-hmm. Um, Paradise were kind of known as the the gospel version of Earth, Wind and Fire. They were, they were, they were. They, know, were. they were a fabulous group, a really great outfit. And I was asked to be a member mm-hmm. of the group, um, and that that was uh, uh, a period of turmoil in my mind because I had to reconcile the fact that um, as a Seventh-day Adventist, I was coming from a very traditional and conservative background uh, into something that was really contemporary and um, and not Adventist in its makeup. And uh, that was a difficult, difficult time. But I, I chose to, I guess, be rebellious and, uh, and go out and do it. So after um, singing with Paradise, you sang with the London Adventist Chorale yeah. under John Tolman, didn't mm-hmm. you? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, and that was, they were... They were also very unique in their day, weren't they? They were, um, but there, there was never any um, mm. any chance that they were no. going to be <laughs> no. considered as rebels. No, um, mm. the the nature of the music and uh, and John with his um, steadfast faith mm-hmm. um, and uh, auditioning everyone to be a part of it. So mm. it wasn't just about your your vocals or your vocal ability it was about your faith and your commitment to your faith and and that's what made up the london events chorale at that time and and uh, we did some incredible things yes um, we did in in that time but but that was also a very big shift in the adventist church at the time Mm. because music in that time people didn't audition 
Right. Um, and also they were extremely traditional, mm. almost on, on a kind of like classical kind of vein. That's right. And that was in itself was also another form of rebellion mm. At, mm. at the time. So oh, yes, yes, it was. Now, um, there were some musicologists that we had at that time, uh, including um, Wolfgang Stephanie, mm-hmm. uh, who were the authority. He was certainly seen as an authority on Adventist music. And mm-hmm. um, I do recall him coming to my church in Hampstead and doing a presentation, um, one where he was playing the battle hymn of the Republic mm-hmm. and, and getting you to take your pulse um, and suggesting that, you know, your 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 body, your temperature would be racing because you listen to the battle hymn of the Republic and, and all of that sort of stuff. And then... Um, than denigrating what it was that heritage singers mm-hmm. used to do, and heritage singers, and, you know, yeah, and were even a group. they they were a household yeah. name. I grew up listening to heritage singers, and uh, um, for me, uh, they were, you know, their 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 harmonies and their professionalism mm-hmm. was fabulous. Um, so, for me, I I I had a lot of trouble. Um, digesting what Mm -hmm. uh, these type of musicologists were saying Mm -hmm. at that time. So did you ever think about studying music in any form? Well, um, I studied piano to grade four, Mm -hmm. gave it up for football on Sunday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I considered it, but... um, uh, certainly at that time, football was more important <laughs> to me. Um, and I had a, an aptitude for music and I, I liked singing and everything. So I, I managed to balance things out, but um, not to take music, um, at least classical type of music professionally, um, any further than, than grade four. Okay. And so, but you've recorded um, several albums and one of them is an album, I believe, of hymns, isn't it? I recorded that album with the view to having a, a part two. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and of course, that's, that's coming from our tradition of being um, conservative in mm-hmm. our views, although some of those hymns were not not, not conservative mm-hmm. in their nature. Um, and as a matter of fact, Ken Burton and I recorded the music for another album, a whole album of music that I never ever went into the studio to record so I've got the tracks to this day and I never actually did it He walked upon this earth teaching us how to live our lives and the things that he encountered were the tears of pain and strife but he delivered us from evil And he washed my sins away Though we crucify him Do what you want, do what you can But 
So now that you are famous, let's say for a better word, well, well, you're you're all over Facebook, you're all over the internet and Instagram and TV and on YouTube. Um, And you may not want it, but Mm. it's been thrust upon you. Um, Are you thinking now of releasing some of this untapped music? Well, um, let's let's just um, take take a step back. Now, um, I'm not... Uh, a person that is keen on the idea of fame. I know you're not. I know I, you're not. I'm, that's just just not me. Um, I believe that God has blessed me with a gift, mm-hmm. and uh, I love using that mm-hmm. gift um, in many ways and forms. Um, and I probably um, will incur the wrath of the Seventh Day Adventist Church, but I certainly don't believe that we should only be singing. Um, gospel or Christian music. Mm-hmm. I believe that there are great songwriters who uh, write fabulous songs, songs about our life, um, even a song like Stand By Me, mm-hmm. um, which actually was taken from the Bible, mm-hmm. although a lot of people uh, don't take the time to mm-hmm. um, to to think about that or to research, but, you know, they're very happy to, um, to, to denigrate your character. Mm-hmm. Um, for something like that, but um, I, I happen to believe that um, that life has all of these things that happen to you, mm-hmm. just on a general basis, and we shouldn't be in a cocoon and um, and hiding ourselves away and not being relevant or real to people. Mm-hmm. So if if the only thing that we ever do is um, is going to be the uh, traditional gospel or traditional Christian music, then you know, how real are we to people when there are different issues? I mean, even if you're talking about um, current affairs, mm. there are a great many things that um, songwriters write about mm-hmm. in current affairs. And, and you know, if we really want to be relevant, we, we need to be interacting with people on, mm. on these issues. I've even heard, Paul, some suggestions that um, you shouldn't even have been there 
it's a Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you yeah. doing in a, in, a, in a service like that? Absolutely. Notice a service like that. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> it's true. And, and um, that, a lot of that has been over the Internet as well. Um, well, first of all, the, the invitation came from uh, the royal household. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a wonderful invitation. And um, I certainly did not feel that I needed to give that up. Uh, it was a church service. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, shame on me for being in church on the Sabbath. <laughs> and I think Jesus uh, began his ministry well, at a wedding. At a wedding. Okay. Um, and he was turning water into yeah, yeah, but wine. Yeah, probably wasn't Great on the juice. Sabbath. So. Um, but yes, um, if, if truth be told, and if anybody actually saw the sermon or listened to the sermon, mm-hmm. if they closed their eyes, they'd be in an Adventist church mm-hmm, somewhere. Mm-hmm hearing a rock solid message mm. about love and um you know the royal couple chose the song that was sung um about love mm-hmm. and uh, uh, about commitment and um you know of course there, there'll be people who you know feel that i should not have been there mike um but uh, i felt that i fulfilled my uh, mission now let me also say this, um, and maybe this is food for thought. The entire royal family was there. There were a number of celebrities mm-hmm. and guests that were there. 1.9 billion people. 1.9 billion. That, that's like mind-blowing. Right. I, I'm told that it roughly equates to um, two out of eight human beings on the planet Mm. watched the service. Now, how many people can now say that they did not hear the gospel? They can't. What opportunities are you going to get Mm -hmm. to be able to, to, to share the gospel in that way? And, and that's why I find it really strange that, you know, we, um, want to be this exclusive uh, group of people that pull away from everybody else, and yet we want to be given the gospel. And interestingly enough, I think the message and the song were the two most appreciated and mm-hmm. talked about elements yes. of that wedding. Absolutely. When you watch all of the uh, the news bulletins and the rebroadcast, the two things that stood out mm. in the in the wedding was the sermon. Okay, they, they some some were saying it was too, too long. long. Fifteen <laughs> minutes. Thirteen point five. Oh, there you go. Point five two. Uh, was too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, but he preached the word. Mm-hmm. He gave the word. It was unadulterated. Mm-hmm. And um, and then the, uh, the the she chose the song, and it was it was tied in to the message um and okay you know everybody has their opinions and they you know they're entitled to have their opinions but you know just take some time to take a step back Mm -hmm. and have a look and then also ask yourself what are you doing Mm -hmm. well well interesting point you know paul we we didn't see the wedding uh, we were actually here commentating on it. Us, we were doing it live ourselves. <laughs> you know? We even had our own wedding cake next door. Well, we did nice. actually. We did. <laughs> nice. It was great. Actually. Nice. So I only saw clips on the news Saturday night, mm. and 
the thing that struck me most of all, and it's still there every time I see it, and I don't know if you felt it, yes. but there was a spotlight on you from the window of say, mm-hmm. you know the chapel a natural spotlight just highlighted it just surrounded yes. your head so, yes it did and I thought well look at that I don't know if you felt a bit warm did you did well, uh, the, maybe it was the the haircut and the bald head <laughs> but the, the light the BBC light shining on you know um, it was perfect I thought it was um, you know it was a really moving mm. and beautiful service it was um, it was a real honour and a privilege to actually be there and to experience it, and the whole thing just really felt right. It's interesting. The first act that God is recorded in the Bible is Genesis in Genesis one one. In the beginning, God created, mm. and I believe that creativity is a really, really huge part mm. of our mission as as, uh, as a church organization. How can we make our mission? more creative than it is we need to get out from the four walls Um, we need to be real we need to be relevant and we need to be interacting with people on a regular basis on a one-to-one on a real footing not on a uh, deeply pious religious way but on an everyday way, you know, there are people that are in need of a great number of things, but physical need. Mm. You know, you can't feed a man with, with scripture mm. if his stomach is hungry. Mm. You know, there are people that are hurting out there. There are people that are dying. Um, and we're busy just sitting in church. And you know, it reminds me of that song, My House is Full. Oh, yeah. But my field is empty. Mm. Um, you know, who will go and work for me? To, it seems my children all want to stay around, around the table, table, but no one wants to work in the field. And those people who do take the time to go out there, and it's not conventional no. as we see it, uh, but those people who um, want to go out there and do that and whatever, it seems to me that they are castigated for doing that. Um, I love my church. Yes, we know. Uh, you know, you you cut me in half, and I will bleed SDA. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to leave the Seventh Day Adventist Church mm-hmm. anytime soon. Mm-hmm. This is my home. Um, I've been very comfortable in my home, and uh, this is what I will do until Jesus comes. Mm-hmm. But what we need to be doing, Kathy, is is being real and relevant because there are still an awful lot of people that never ever heard Mm. of Seventh-day Adventists Mm -hmm. and there's still an awful lot of people who are quite comfortable sitting in the pews of our churches and not sharing the gospel and it does not have to be um, in the 1940 form Mm -hmm. you know it we're in 2018 and you you can barely go anywhere where someone does not have social media or an app or a way of mm. reaching people. The, the the choir that you sang with, Kingdom Choir, mm. um, I assume because it's made up of people of different faiths, mm. faith groups. Um, how does the royal household come to pick Kingdom Choir to mm. sing mm. at the wedding? Well, they, they have had um, a, a long relationship with... Clarence House, that, that is um, Prince Charles's residence. Um, 
it, it is known that he does have a liking for gospel music. Mm -hmm. And so there have been a number of events that he has been present at. And um, he actually chose Kingdom Choir for this event. It was he that um, sent through the, uh, um, the invitation via Clarence House. And um, the thing for me, uh, more than anything, is the fact that God is not conventional and he doesn't have to use conventional means. I wonder what people would have said if, um, if a donkey had spoken to them. <laughs> yes? Mm -hmm. They'd probably say, you know, the devil is in that donkey. But the donkey, donkey spoke to Balaam because he needed to hear it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, was it, was it the devil that was in do the donkey? No. Right. So why do we believe that the only way that we can give the message is to is have a, a, a deep Bible study. Why do we not believe that we can actually just interact with people and, and be kind and helpful and loving in the way that Jesus was? Because he didn't just sit down and give people Bible studies. He was a practical, helping man. You know, he was a carpenter, he mm -hmm. built things, but he also fed people. Mm -hmm. They were hungry and he fed them. And he, well, okay, he fed them the physical food. He felt them, fed them the spiritual food. But he didn't do one without the other. Mm -hmm. And and so, Paul, so, so do you believe that the methods that we use or how should we be going about giving our message in a more creative way? I think mm -hmm. I asked you this before, but I really want to, to pin yeah, down how yeah. can we be more creative with our message Okay. We, we're not changing the message, right? But we are. We need to change the medium. Okay. How mm. can we best do that? Let, let me say to to start off with, there's nothing wrong with giving Bible studies. Of course, there isn't. There's nothing wrong with doing church conventionally. Mm -hmm. um, I don't believe it's the be all and end all, though. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have churches like um, London Live. Mm -hmm. um, and and other churches similar to that in their makeup and the way that they do and they they they're thriving mm -hmm. churches they're uh, multicultural churches there isn't just a monoculture here mm -hmm. it's something that is expressive and meaningful to a number of people of all races that to me is being uh, uh, inventive and and encompassing and open uh, because they're meeting people at their point of need and they're reaching out uh, to people who don't look like you and me. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, um, when you're talking about creativity, think outside the box. Um, don't believe that um, the only way of doing the gospel is, is going to be, you know, dressing up in a suit, mm -hmm. carrying a big Bible, um, being in Sabbath school, doing um, Bible studies, having, you know, there, there is far more to being a Seventh-day Adventist and a Christian than only thinking in such a small way. We can be much more creative than that. So, Paul, what's next for you? Has there been any calls yet for that song to be recorded and released as a single? Well, um, the song itself... The broadcast itself has been released. It's it's out on Spotify and on iTunes, and uh, the BBC have put that out through Decca, 
um, and it entered at number 10. Wow. And apparently it's it's predicted to go to number one. Yes, that's what they say. So, um, you know, the articles are saying that this uh, that song and uh, will will actually change weddings forever, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite interesting. As, you know, it's a it's it's a nice accolade to know that you were a part of of all of that. Um, but uh, Mike, I I I want to record that song again um, so that I can put it out. I mean, uh, I was operating under the auspices of Kingdom Choir, and um, so the 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 recognition um, is to Kingdom Choir. I mean, people recognise me as Seventh Day Adventist, and a number of people know me, people that I've known through all walks of life. Um, but it's still recognised as Kingdom mm, Choir, mm. even though my voice uh, was the lead on that. So um, it would be good to uh, record that and get it out sooner rather than later. Yes, yes, yes definitely. Because these things have a short shelf yeah, life. That is, that is so and true. That unless is so you, true. you get out there, mm. and then, you know, mm. you've lost the opportunity. Talk to us about Mark. We've had him on mm. before, and um, we we had to skirt around. Sure. This. Actually, you were worse than him, you know, because we couldn't even get uh, hold you, of you. you. You didn't even tell me you'd be singing. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, to, to be fair, a lot of the information was under embargo. Yeah, sure. So sure. Uh, there was stuff that I couldn't actually say, and and we were told that mm. we were actually told that. Um, now, Mark is uh, a brilliant musician. He is the director of ACM Choir. And uh, he also runs um, a uh, uh, an outfit called um, Singology, and they have a number of choirs uh, dotted around the country, where um, they encourage uh, community people mm-hmm. to come in and to sing and whatever. He's done, doing very well with that, um, and of course, Mark uh, arranged the uh, the song, the vocals, and the music on the song, um, so that it was pretty much what uh, Meghan and Harry wanted mm-hmm. and we did have a meeting at Kensington Palace with the royal couple um, and they expressed to us uh, what they wanted uh, so they did have a hands-on mm-hmm. approach um, to the whole song and the, the whole idea so they were very involved in the whole makeup of the, the wedding service um, and uh, that that is a reflection of that. Now, um, in saying that, Mark is a, a, a brilliant arranger, and he was clearly sensitive to the uh, the needs mm. of the royal couple. So the arrangements are um, they're, they're not cumbersome. They're they're quite fluid mm-hmm. and and uh, sparse in its nature because uh, it was something that needed to be representative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he arranged it that way. And, uh, uh, you know, when I was asked to, to do the lead on that song, that, that was uppermost in my mind, mm. that it needed to be um, representative and encompassing. It needed to be accessible to everyone. And, and, and that's how Mark arranged it. And that's how I sang mm. it. So how do you cope, Paul? Well, let me just say, first of all, that uh, you, you won't need to widen the doors or anything. I can fit through the cracks. <laughs> <laughs> the stress, the stress of everything. Um, and it is a lot. Um, you know, there's been a lot of media attention and uh, interviews and, and things that, um, and then I need to do my job. 
Because you have a, a day. You that know, is not your day job. That's that not, not how you make money. That's and indeed. And so I have to be um, true to my faith and to my job and to make sure that I do that as professionally as possible. Now, um, in saying that, um, if I were giving any person any advice mm -hmm. on um, on singing and, and, and approaching this in, in a particular way, I would say to them that they need to be dedicated to their craft and to their God. It's not just about one. Mm -hmm. It's about both mm -hmm. things. And the most important thing, more than your craft, is your God, your relationship with your God. Now, um, the generation that are growing up, um, on the face of it at least, don't seem as if they're quite connected as we were. Mm -hmm. And we worked under our parents mm -hmm. uh, who did not spare the rod. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a, a healthy fear of our parents. Even when we were grown up. Absolutely. Um, you know, my mom was like the flaming sword at the Garden of Eden. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and there were things that I had to run by her. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you can't just go off and, and it was a grown man. There were still things that I needed to run by her. But this generation that are growing up, um, I call them the X Factor generation. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I call them that is that they want their fame and fortune now. Now, yeah, without the rehearsals, without... They're not interested in the rudiments mm -hmm. and growing up with the disciplines and whatever. And it, it reminds me of that clip that you always see of someone who's auditioning for X Factor. <laughs> if I don't get this, I'm just going to die. die. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, or, or, my mum died last week and this is for my mum. And, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at that whole thing and I'm saying to myself, um, you know, the, the, this, this is not of God. This is not what God wanted. Um, my, my mother taught me there was one little saying that she would say, and it's it's not uncommon, but she'd say, if you fail to prepare, you, you prepare to, to fail. And and that's what it, it should be in the Seventh-day Adventist church for everyone. And it actually doesn't matter what discipline. Mm. We're talking about music, mm -hmm. but it could be something completely different. Uh, it doesn't really matter. It needs to be a professional approach to everything. So... Honestly, you don't need a rag and a bottle of water to go and sing mm -hmm. the, the song service, right? <laughs> what you need... Yeah. Explain, Paul. Oh, my God. Uh, this, this generation that are... They're, they're, they're so caught up with the idea of fame mm -hmm. that, you know, um, they have to behave in a certain way. And, you know, and this idea that you have to pay everybody. Uh, you know, what is your service to God then? Mm -hmm if all I need to do is to pay you mm -hmm. to play or to sing, what is your service to God? What are you giving to God and to your church if that's all I need to do? Now, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I do believe that, you know, if someone is dedicated in their craft, then they will be blessed. Mm -hmm. um, I've known people who have just followed the path and gone along I'm, and then they get rewarded mm -hmm. somewhere down the line. There is a award that comes out. Um, you know, I'm approaching a, 
a, a fairly big number <laughs> next year. 21. And, and um, you know, it, it's as if God has this great sense of humor that he's broke all this out in front of me um, just before <laughs> I hit that number. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yes, it's it's been over 40 years. Um, a bit like Moses in the wilderness, mm-hmm. really. It's been over 40 years. But the truth is that if you're dedicated to your craft and you do what is right and pleasing before God, you will be blessed. It might take a while. It might take 40 years. Mm-hmm. But the blessing will come. And, you know, if I'm going to give any advice to anyone coming up in music or whatever, you know, stay true to your craft and stay true to your God because that's, that's your reckonable service to him. If I understand you right, Paul, um, the royal wedding was in the past. That's finished. That door is yes, closed yes, now. Yes. You're not going to be living off that for <laughs> the rest of your days. Well, you I know, mean, but, but yeah. a new task is coming, I suppose, from the Lord. I'm saying you're going to get it. You're waiting for absolutely. new instructions from the sure, Lord sure. where to go. Yes, absolutely. Mm. If I had a penny for, you know, every. Uh, a, 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 a pound of the 1.9 billion people, <laughs> mm. um, you know, I'm, I, I would probably be a full-time um, musician for God and for the church. Um, I would probably do that because, you know, that's been a heart's desire. And, uh, you know, we wait on, on God's instruction as to what it is that we do. You know, God is still in the business of doing miracles. He is. And he's still there um, turning things around, even when you think that, um, that they're, they're at their worst or their lowest ebb. Um, that's God. And, and you know, God can use uh, an Episcopal bishop mm-hmm. to give the message mm-hmm. to the world. Mm-hmm. God never said that, uh, you know, there are only going to be Seventh Adventists mm-hmm. in the world that can preach a message. We know Billy Graham preached the word unadulterated mm-hmm. for many years. So he's not our faith, but he still was true to his word mm-hmm. and, and preached the word. You can't dismiss that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we shouldn't be that way. We should be open um, to the word and to, um, you know, I, I, I mean, keep a hold of your faith. Of course. You know, I don't mean walking away from your faith. I don't mean that you should seek to change absolutely everything. I don't believe that. What I do believe, though, is that uh, there is more than one scenario Mm. and you don't have to um, only uh, approach this in in one way. Paul Lee, you've gone viral. Okay. (laughs) Is it safe to be in the same room with him? Uh, No, he's viral. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, that was terrible. Sorry, it's late at night. (laughs) It's it's very late. It's very late. Um, Paul, thank you so much. It's my absolute pleasure. Um, You know, I know you've had a very long um, week. Yes. Um, And um, but thank you for taking this special time to tell us about your journey. To encourage us on our own journeys yes, and yes. to encourage future generations. It's uh, it's vitally important. The, the truth is that we are the seniors. Speak for yourself, Paul. Well, I, you I, know, I'm silent because you, I thought you were silent. I was yeah, totally yes. silent. I'm no, like, really? You know what? There are there are some young girls, Kathy, that are waiting for you to tell them how to carry themselves in church. It's the truth. 
I second that. You know, there there are there are young men, Mike, who uh, uh, are future broadcasters, future uh, media people, mm-hmm. who need to hear the word and to be able to use what God has given to them. And there, there isn't anyone above us to do that. That is so true. And we have to be the mentors. We it's time that, that we kind of said, you know, we are we're gonna gonna pass on the Absolutely. mantle and 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 do that. So pull I do agree. Them them. Yeah. Pull them under we your do. wing. We do and do that. And you know, stop standing to the side and sniping and criticizing. Yeah, that's Get true. involved and help those young people. You know, yeah. there's nothing worse than a young person going up to do something and you criticizing them when you've not said a word to help them or, yeah. or you know lent a hand to encourage mm-hmm. them and that's what we've got to do with the you know the the younger generation comes through we have to be those mentors so we the oldies <laughs> seniors seniors good word uh, good word uh, want to say good i'm word. saying i'm saying the more mature ones of us <laughs> um we need to be passing on the mantle Paul, thank you for giving us those thoughts. You need to go to bed. I do. I know. I, do. I go to bed. Mike yes, needs to go to yes. bed. We're all kind of like just <laughs> exhausted. Like we're just talking nonsense here. Um, from Talking Point, for Mike, Paul, and myself, good night. Good night. of evil.